Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, February 28th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pekudiai, and it means countings. Exodus 39, 1-12 Of the blue, purple, and crimson yarns, they also made the service vestments for officiating in the sanctuary. They made Aaron's sacral vestments, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The ephod was made of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine twisted linen. They hammered out sheets of gold and cut threads to be worked into designs among the blue, the purple, and the crimson yarns, and the fine linen. They made for it attaching shoulder pieces. They were attached at its two ends. The decorated band that was upon it was made like it, of one piece with it, of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and twisted fine linen, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They bordered the lazuli stones with frames of gold, engraved with seal engravings of the names of the sons of Israel. They were set on the shoulder pieces of the ephod, as stones of remembrance for the Israelites, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The breastpiece was made in the style of the ephod, of gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine twisted linen. It was square. They made the breastpiece doubled, a zaret in length and a zaret in width and doubled. They set it in four rows of stones. The first row was a row of carnelian, 
chrysolite, an emerald. The second row, a turquoise, a sapphire, and an amethyst. The third row, a jacinth, an agate, and a crystal. And the fourth row, a beryl, a lapis lazuli, and a jasper. They were encircled in their mountings with frames of gold. Mark 9, 30-10-12 And they, Yeshua and his disciples, departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them, and when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receives me, and whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and he follows not us. And we forbade him, because he follows not us. But Yeshua said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. And if your hand offend you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter hell into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost his saltness, Wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. And he arose from thence, and came into the coasts of Judea by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resorted unto him again, and as he was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement, and to put her away. 
And Yeshua answered and said to them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And he said to them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, commits adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she commits adultery. Psalm 44, 1-8 We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work you did in their days in the times of old, how you did drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them, how you did afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance, because you have a favor to them. You are my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through you will we push down our enemies. Through your name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies, and have put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, and praise your name forever. Selah. Proverbs 10.19 In the multitude of words there wants not sin, but he that refrains his lips is wise. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus chapter 39, and then we're going to jump into Mark chapters 9 and 10. And I want to zoom in on the stones that are on the breastpiece that the priest wears directly over his heart. And we have 12 stones in four rows, and each row has three different stones. And so we have the first row of carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, the second row, turquoise, sapphire, and amethyst, third row, jacinth, agate, and crystal, fourth row, a beryl, lapis lazuli, and jasper, and they're encircled in their mountings with frames of gold. So the next verse, which we did not read today, but I'll go ahead and read now, gives us an understanding of what the meaning and the significance of these twelve stones on the breastplate mean. Verse 14, the stones corresponded in number to the names of the sons of Israel, twelve corresponding to their names, engraved like seals, each with its name for the twelve tribes. So the twelve tribes are near and dear to the Father's heart, and that is why he had the priest wear this breastplate over his heart. There is a cross-reference that I'd like to share with you about that, and it comes from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 and 15, where it is written, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Verse 15, 
Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. And there's another place where this same idea is shared, and it comes from Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6. And this is the Shulamite woman speaking to her beloved, where she says to him, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. So we truly are set as a seal upon the heart of our high priest. So this earthly high priest wore this ephod, this breastpiece, with the twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel, And think about it. Right now, Yeshua is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he is functioning right now as our great high priest. And he wears a breastpiece, a breastplate upon his heart. And your name, my name, is written upon his heart as a seal upon his heart. And that's the significance of these twelve stones. The twelve stones, being the twelve tribes, includes both Jews and non-Jews. The the southern kingdom of Judah, with the two tribes there, and the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. So now I want to jump into the New Testament with you, and I want to look in Mark chapter 9. And we'll start in verse 34. But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. That's a huge nugget of wisdom and truth right there. In the world, it's dog-eat-dog. You climb up the steps of the ladder of success, and in the corporate world, you know, you can just be sort of stepping upon others to make your way to the top. And it's all this competition and pride, and look at me, and I'm going to outshine you, and, and that whole worldly mindset And yet, in the kingdom of God, it's quite the opposite. It's upside down. Those who are the servants are the greatest, not the least. And so, I just challenge you this week to, this week, pay special and particular and loving attention to the servants in your life that you come across in your path this week. If you happen to eat out at a restaurant, be especially kind and uh, giving towards the server who serves you food. 
if you work in an office setting, be especially kind and attentive to maybe the person who answers the phone, the receptionist, or the person who takes out the trash, who does the cleaning of the office. Um, if you drop children off at daycare, be especially kind and attentive and grateful to those who uh, are the daycare providers. If you take a taxi somewhere, be especially kind to the taxicab driver. Um, notice the servants in your life. They're quiet, they're hidden, and often they, are, uh, they don't receive a lot of thanks or gratitude. Uh, we tend to put our eyes on the superstars, on the people, you know, the big Hollywood movie stars, the big uh, name people who are, you know, uh, have a big name in politics or in, in the communications media movie world. But it's the servants who really keep the world running. The people who drive the trucks and deliver the food to the grocery stores. The checkers who check out the, you know, who help us to check out at the grocery store. It's the servants. So instead of not seeing them, and not acknowledging them, and maybe even being insensitive or unkind, let us really pay attention to the servants in our life this week. And let us be as a servant this week. So if you have children in your life or grandchildren, serve them. If you have a spouse, serve your spouse. Lay down your life for your spouse. Be a servant this week, because that's in the economy of the kingdom of God, that is what makes a leader, is being a servant and doing it without complaint, without grumbling, without murmuring, but doing it lovingly and doing it gladly and doing it with great love. Let us have a servant heart. I want to continue on now in Mark chapter 9. And let's look at verse 36 and 37. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receives me. And whosoever shall receive me receives not me, but him that sent me. Let's just unpack that and think about that, reflect on that. So, often in a church setting, a fellowship gathering, we put all of our attention and focus on the grown-ups. And there's um, usually a man up, up front who gives a message or who leads a discussion, a midrash. And, um, you know, we want to learn and grow and receive the message from that person. And the little children... You know, they get sent off to their classes, and um, our focus is elsewhere. We, we want to be involved in what the grown-ups are doing. And yet Yeshua is saying, receive these children as though you're receiving me. Now, what is it in small children that Yeshua finds so delightful and valuable and precious and special? Their innocence. Their joy their purity they are they don't beguile 
They don't put on a mask. They're real and genuine and authentic. And they laugh and they're so teachable. They don't have all the walls up yet. They haven't become hardened or bitter. They are just so tender and pure and sweet. I encourage you, if you are in a fellowship that, where you gather on a regular basis, go visit the children's class on Shabbat. The five to eight-year-old class. And just watch, observe, learn. See their hearts. I'd like to look at Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14. And this is the heart that Yeshua has for these little children. Matthew nineteen thirteen. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Yeshua said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. So, Abba Father, I just pray today for all of us that we would become more childlike in our walk with you, in our faith, that we would come to you in childlike faith, in childlike trust, that we would just peel away all the layers of unbelief and doubt and just all of the hard experiences in life that tend to harden our hearts. And just peel all that away, Father. And may we become more and more childlike and innocent and pure and full of joy and trusting of our Father, that we can trust our Daddy God, that He will provide, He will take care of us, He will make a way. What delights you so much is when we come to you in childlike trust. And may we do that this day. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>